Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, passion for excellence. This is Auto Line Daily for November 1st, 2010, and now the news. In a sign that the automotive industry continues to recover around the world, Wards reports that global sales are up nearly 16% compared to last year. Up through September, automakers sold over 55 million vehicles and are on track to sell about 74 million cars, trucks, and buses before the year is over, which is an impressive statistic. But in Japan, the news doesn't look that good. After the government let sales incentives lapse, Bloomberg reports that car sales in Japan last month plunged to their lowest level since 1968. And that, folks, is a scary statistic. But while sales in Japan look like they're headed for hard times, sales in China, which could hit 17 million units this year, look like they'll continue to run strong. Gascu reports that automakers, especially the luxury brands, are expanding their sales operations to second and third tier cities in China. So far, automakers have put most of their efforts in major cities like Beijing, Shanghai, and Shenzhen, but now they're going after smaller cities, which are still huge by any other comparison. It's estimated that 30% of the wealthiest Chinese are in the tier one cities, while 70% of them live in second and third tier cities. In other words, this Chinese juggernaut is just getting going. Which brings us back to the story on rare earth metals. A month or so ago, China drastically cut exports of rare earth metals, which are needed to make batteries for hybrids and electric vehicles. Now countries and companies are scrambling to find other sources. Reuters reports that Japan and Vietnam are partnering up. And according to Bloomberg, the two biggest automotive suppliers in Europe, Continental and Bosch, are lobbying the European Commission to secure supplies from other countries and even start producing them in Europe. And China must have taken notice because according to Reuters, the Vice Minister of Commerce in China says there will not be any significant cuts in export quotas next year. China controls over 90% of the global rare earths production and cut export quotas by 40% this year compared to last. Okay, back to Japan for a moment. Nissan showed off a two-seat electric car this morning, which it calls the new mobility concept. But don't expect to see it on the roads anytime soon. Nissan created it to study its use for a variety of services, such as what they call seamless mobility service, a public transportation service linking public transport and EVs, and what it's calling two-mode EV car sharing, where the vehicle is used as a private commuter vehicle in the mornings and evenings, and as a corporate car during business hours. And lastly, contributing to the revitalization of communities with improved mobility in both urban and tourist locations. Now to North America. It's no secret that Sergio Marchionne is transforming Chrysler. It seems like a week doesn't go by that the company isn't showing off some new or refreshed product. It really feels like Chrysler's got its mojo back and that now extends to its powertrain lineup. It just launched a brand new V6 and it's putting it into just about every vehicle it makes. Now, news of a super secret engine program is starting to leak out. According to Wards, it's codenamed Tiger Shark and is a heavily updated version of its 2.4 liter four-cylinder gasoline power plant. 
Very little is known about the project, since Chrysler seems to be more secretive than the CIA these days. But it's rumored to feature Fiat's multi-air system and possibly even direct injection. Reportedly, the company has pulled the program ahead by several months to launch the engine in early 2011. My guess? It's going to debut in the redesigned Sebring and Avenger. Ford is set to show off a specially tuned undercover version of its new Taurus-based police interceptor at the SEMA show in Las Vegas. The concept's designer says he drew inspiration from the SR-71, a high-speed stealth aircraft from the 1960s. If nothing else, he matched the color perfectly. Dressed in black, this car looks sinister. It's been lowered, features massive 22-inch wheels, an upgraded exhaust system, a special lighting package, and a revised front end. The car's most striking feature is its grille, which is completely different from the standard police interceptor. It's black mesh instead of the Taurus's regular three-bar arrangement. Hey, what's it like driving the Chevy Volt? Come on, I'll take you for a spin right after this. Introducing Bridgestone's third generation of run-flat tires with groundbreaking new Bridgestone technologies. Bridgestone run-flat tires offer improved ride comfort, lower rolling resistance, and improved wear while giving you the peace of mind and comfort you need. I've been able to do extensive test drives of both the Chevrolet Volt and Nissan Leaf, and today I want to give you some of my impressions of what it's like driving the Volt. Here's my instant impression of the Chevrolet Volt. Visually, one of the first things that you'll notice about the car is how they've closed off most of the grille opening. Why? Because even though there is an engine under the hood here, it's an extended range electric car. The engine's not on all that much, so you can seal this off and get much better aerodynamics. You don't need as much cooling for the engine. Next thing that I really noticed is how flush the tires are with the side of the car. Again, visually it's very good, but more importantly, it's for aerodynamics trying to keep as much detached flow as possible. Again, visually, one thing that you'll notice is how they blacked out the bottom part of the window opening here. If not, if it had not been blacked out, the car would have much more of a hunkered down armored car look to it. By painting this black, visually, it opens up what the car looks like from the side. At the rear here, you'll notice, of course, that they kept the trunk lid opening rather high for two reasons. Number one, gives you more trunk space. Number two, it's for aerodynamics. A third aerodynamic point I really want you to look at here is this very crisp line. That's for separation, where you get a clean break in the airflow so that you don't create as much turbulence and drag at the rear of the car. But let's go inside because this is where this car gets a lot more interesting. I really like the layout of this interior in the vehicle. One thing that you'll notice as soon as you get in is how the video screens light up and start showing you different kinds of things. More on that in a moment. The next thing that I noticed right away is how they've had this color offset, this insert on the door panel that carries through the dashboard to the other side of the car and into the seats. You can get different colors. You don't just have to get this green. The center stack is something that I find very interesting. You'll see that there's different functions that you can touch and that's all you have to do is touch it. They're touch sensitive. There's no detent, and of course, there's no cut lines. I've never seen any other car or any other car company do anything quite like this, so it's very unique. But look what happens when I turn on the power button, how this thing really lights up. 
very high tech, very interesting on what they're doing here. And you can get all different kinds of things that will tell you what's going on in the car. How the power is going from the engine to the battery or just from the battery to the wheels. You can see what kind of charging that you've got and how long it's going to take you to charge. You can learn more energy about what kind of consumption this thing's getting. Right now it claims that it's been averaging 60.5 miles per gallon for what I've been driving. But since this car was built, it's been averaging nearly 149 miles. Here on the, the instrument cluster too, you can get all kinds of different information about what's available on this car. You can set different driving modes as well. We've been driving in normal, but I can set it for sport. I can get it to go for the mountain range as well. So lots of different things that you can play around with, but enough of the playing around with all this stuff, let's take it for a drive and I'll show you what it can do. You know, that package was going to run too long for this show, but you can catch the entire test drive on the John's Journal section of our website at www.autolinedaily.com. And that's today's top news in the global automotive industry. Thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.